0: Uh, Hi, this is Don Morera. Yes, you're listening to P.F.'s tape recorder. Listen up, kids.
1: Hello there. I'm P.F. This is my tape recorder. Coming up, New York City native Pete Coriale is enjoying the small town life of western New York.
0: And the place holds 400 seats. I went inside. It's gorgeous, right? And I go... So if I wanted to rent this for, like, New Year's Eve to do a show, how much would it cost? And he goes, well, to have someone work the ticket booth and the lighting and the sound guy and everything else, you're looking at $400. We'll
1: hear more from Pete in just a few minutes. It's a double dose of dumb bits today. That's right. I continue my obsession with newsbusters, busted, busters. And then we have a parody of the very popular podcast, Welcome to Night Vale. But first, as always, fake news. And now, fake news with me. President Barack Obama signed into law a bipartisan deal approved by Congress Wednesday to reopen the federal government and avert an unprecedented debt default, ending a bitter partisan 16-day impasse. The shutdown was so much fun though, we're going to do it all again in January. Sarah Palin doesn't seem discouraged that her candidate lost New Jersey Senate race or by the pummeling Republicans took. Over the government shutdown. Now, the former Alaska governor and darling of the Tea Party movement is suggesting conservatives should focus on Senate races in Kentucky, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Mississippi, where the Republican incumbent is up for re election and where crazy people can easily get elected. Spanish teacher Miss DeWise. 21, was fired from teaching at a Dallas area magnet school last week. That's according to the Dallas Observer. The reason? Parents of her students complained about Deweese's modeling. She modeled as a Playboy Cybergirl a few years ago and was co-ed of the month in 2011. But Deweese did have aspirations of becoming a teacher even while she was modeling. Students did well in her class too, particularly the boys who weren't distracted by wondering what she looked like naked. Republican Senator Ted Cruz has blocked the Senate from voting on the nomination of Tom Wheeler to be the Federal Communications Commission chairman. Cruz has blocked the nomination until Obamacare is repealed. Nestle has announced it will begin selling Butterfinger peanut butter cups. A spokesman for the candy maker said the company came up with the idea because they found out many consumers like Butterfinger in smaller portions and after a company executive ate a Reese's peanut butter cup. The Smithsonian National Zoo's panda cam began operating again this week, but that doesn't mean you'll get to watch Mai Zing's eight-week-old cub stretch and wriggle about. A maximum of 850 visitors at one time can connect to the panda cam, according to zoo officials. Oddly, all of those visitors can sign up for health insurance. The new Katy Perry song has leaked. Record company officials are desperately trying to patch up the leak before the song is officially released. One week after canceling their 19-date North American tour, the Jonas Brothers took another telling step toward a formal breakup and deleted their group's official Twitter account. The brothers are working on solo projects, reviewing their catalog for a Greatest Hits package, and keeping a spot for One Direction at the boy band retirement home. And that's been Fake News with me. Like friend of the show, Andy Kindler, uh, becoming obsessed with certain things. In Andy's case, of course, it's Bill Maher and Jimmy Fallon. And in my case, of course, it is NewsBusters. So there I was, just minding my own business on Facebook, and I see in the feed it comes up. There's a picture of former White House press secretary under George W. Bush, Dana Perino, and a big picture here that is improperly cropped, by the way, to fit in the news feed. I don't even know who's running their social media NewsBusters, but anyway. And it says, Liberal tries to attack Southern Way conservatives, gets schooled by former George W. Bush's press secretary. Now, in my estimation, when someone gets schooled, uh, you know, they, they learn something, uh, they, are, they are shown something with, with facts uh, uh, or something like that, you know, and, and, and something decisive has happened. So you, you click over to the link to the Newsbusters actual site, and this fellow, Noel Shepard, I guess he's the uh, assistant editor over there at Newsbusters, uh, claims that uh, Juan Williams, the Liberal in this case, and, and by the way, Saying that liberal Juan Williams gets schooled by Dana Perino is kind of like saying rock star Willie Nelson gets shown how to play country music by Charlie Daniels. Anyway, uh, apparently they think that Juan Williams makes some kind of bizarre comments. that are actually uh, quite accurate. And, and, and then Dana Perino schools him. So here, here's one. I'll give a little bit of what, what Juan Williams has to say about the problem with the GOP these days. You know, the base of the parties in the South, overwhelmingly white. And very, very, very conservative. And all they do is live in a very small bubble, including a media bubble, and talk to each other. And I'll have to link to that from our Podbean site, pfradio.podbean.com, because you have to see George Will's reaction while Juan Williams is saying this. George Will, who is also on that panel, wants to leap across the table and kill Juan Williams. Anyway, so uh, Juan Williams says that the GOP is mostly white, mostly southern, and, and living in a bubble. And Jana Perino schools him, all without the use of hyperbole.
0: Juan, the Democrats and the liberals live in the biggest mainstream media bubble ever
1: created in the history of the universe. And then supports that schooling with inaccurate observations. If you look at Republicans across the, uh, many of the states, um, governors uh,
0: or uh, state legislatures, Republicans are actually doing what, uh, really good work.
1: Yes, Republican governors and their state legislatures are doing great work, like voter suppression. Look no further than the governor of North Carolina, Mr. Pat McCrory, because yesterday, Mr. McCrory did something criminal to the rights of voters in his state. He signed into law a series of measures that will force voters to present government-issued photo identification. Undermining the ACA, which is the law of the land. But that hasn't stopped some Republican governors from trying to block it any way they know how. Today, Oklahoma Governor Mary Fallin joined a growing group of Republican governors opting out of creating a state-run health insurance exchange program. And suppressing gay rights. Tonight, a bill legalizing same-sex marriage approved by the New Jersey legislature has been vetoed by Christie. Yes, yeah, so even though the majority of Americans are uh, against voter suppression, are for gay rights, and uh, mostly uh, are in favor of the Affordable Care Act, minus the glitches, of course, uh, Republican governors and their state legislatures are doing everything they can to, to squash these things. So, yes, well done, Ms. Perino. And apparently, uh, getting schooled in a land of newsbusters goes something like this. Uh, Republicans are living in a bubble. No, we're not. You are. That's getting schooled, or I would call it getting schoolyarded. I'm a podcaster and also a podcasting aficionado. I subscribe to several different podcasts, a lot of which I've mentioned on this program. Uh, Never Not Funny, Never Not Funny presents Rock Solid, uh, Man School with Caleb Bacon, The Dork Force with Jackie Casian, and uh, a lot of others. And somehow, over the past couple of months, I- I've overlooked what is, I guess, become the second most downloaded podcast in iTunes. It's a program called Welcome to Night Vale, and uh, this show has got a lot of heat on it lately. Q up in Canada, uh, put out by the. CBC. It's a radio show. It's also available as a podcast and runs on public radio here in the United States. Uh, it's hosted by Gian Gomeshi, former Moxie Fruvis member, by the way. Anyway, uh, he did a story about it from the perspective of is it bringing back the idea of a radio drama because it's a, a podcast. It's, it's supposed to be a radio station in a small southwestern desert town, and it's kind of the news and community events from this fictitious town. So it's kind of Twilight Zone esque meets NPR meets. It's, it's interesting, and uh, I've listened to a couple of episodes. Um, I'm not sure I get it, but one thing I do know is I like to make fun of stuff, and uh, so I thought this would be ripe for a parody, so uh, well, here is our parody of Welcome to Night Vale. An itch you can't scratch, a smell you can't sniff. Welcome to Facebook. Joan posts, I'm continuing to train for my first 5K. It's going to feel great crossing that off my bucket list. Ted Ernst comments, good luck, Joan. Becky Tawanda comments, I ran my first 5K in Desert Bluffs back in June. I almost didn't make it back. I finished with an awesome time, but I almost didn't make it back. Anara Snell comments, You can do it, Joan. Old Woman Josie posts, I lost a 150 pounds on the Akai Berry Diet, and you can too. Because you ironically like Fox News, the American Enterprise Institute, and John Stossel's mustache fan page, Facebook also recommends the Mitt Romney page. You should like the Mitt Romney page. A meme with actor Gene Wilder as Willy Wonka says, Tell me again how you pay for groceries with food stamps but have an iPhone? Eric Stornacker comments, Why do all poor people have iPhones? I don't have an iPhone. Dirk Westenberg comments, These people on food stamps should not have iPhones. Why isn't the liberal media reporting this? Joan posts to old woman Josie's wall, Josie, I think your account has been hacked. Possibly by angels. Possibly by gremlins. Edgar Muria posts, To all my FB friends. I want to stay privately connected with you. However, with the recent changes in FB, the public can now see activities in any wall. This happens when our friends hit like or comment. Automatically, their friends see our posts too. Unfortunately, we cannot change this setting by ourselves because Facebook has configured it this way. So, I need your help. Only you can do this for me. Please place your mouse over my name above. Do not click. A window will appear. Now move the mouse onto Friends, also without clicking. Then down to Settings, click here and a list will appear. Remove the check on comments and likes by clicking on it. By doing this, My activity amongst my friends and my family will no longer become public. Many thanks. Paste this on your wall so your contacts can follow suit. That is, if you care about your privacy. Robert Ulrichsen comments, Edgar, this will only keep your friends from seeing your stuff. Cynthia Harnsfeld comments, Done. Scott Walnocker comments, done. John Fornesey comments, thanks for posting this, done. Rob Ulrichson comments, this doesn't work. Here's a link from a social media expert explaining why. Debbie Ornsdale comments, done. Pete Norsash comments, I had no idea, done. Clem Stradensvierstein posts, Members of Congress get lifetime pay. See the link below. Like if you think this is outrageous. Debbie Ornsdale comments, Why don't we get lifetime pay? Rob Ulrichsen comments, This is another internet rumor. Here is a link to an urban legend's website debunking it. Edgar Muria comments, it's time to fire all of those people in Washington. Robin Smithrick comments, no wonder we are so far in debt. This is where we should start cutting the budget. Ross Bagdadelorian comments, I am going to find out who my congressman is and write them. Jeff Rebus posts, I love when people post videos on Facebook. I do not like Tumblr. Facebook is so much better than Tumblr. I don't understand Tumblr at all. Old Woman Josie posts, Friends, my account was hacked. I did not lose 150 pounds on the Akai Berry Diet. I only weigh 140 pounds. If I lost 150 pounds, I would not only disappear, but, quite likely, would be swallowed up into an alternate universe. Stay tuned next for reasoned debate, nostalgia, and inspiring quotes which may or may not have come from famous people. Good night, Facebook. Good night. Pete Correale is a stand-up comedian originally from New York City. He now lives in a small town in western New York, and that's where Hollywood suddenly found him. And even though I know how to pronounce Pete Correale's name, listen to me mispronounce his name twice at the beginning of the interview. And here's our interview with Pete Correale. Okay, joining us on PF's tape recorder, it's comedian Pete Correale, Uh, the return of Pete Correale. How's How's it going, Pete? Corey Ellie, Corey, Corey Ellie. Ellie. I don't know, That's my Midwestern accent. That's Corey all right. Good, man.
0: How are you, PF? <laughs> uh,
1: now, good. I gotta,
0: I gotta, I'm at that age now. I just had a daughter. She's four months old. And now the name really matters, even though she'll get married and change it. But yeah. for now, it's like I'm at that age where I'm like, I got to start correcting people. I need, I need people to know how to say this.
1: Well, uh, that re- brings me to my first question. As a matter of fact, now the first time I spoke to you uh, wasn't on the podcast. You uh, were trying to start a family, and then when you were on the podcast last year, you guys had abandoned the idea of starting a family. So I guess it was it's it's back on, obviously.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like uh, we're that story that you hear all the time. Like we, it's you know, whatever we were trying for whatever it's worth. You know, we didn't do anything uh, other than try. You know. Yeah. Um, and then we said, well, it's not happening. And, you know, cause we're no spring chickens. I'm, I'm 43 now. My wife is like, at the time she was like 38, 39. So we moved to LA cause she's like, well, I'm sick of Manhattan. So we moved to LA. We're renting in this little bungalow up in Hollywood just because we weren't sure if we were going to stay or not. So it was on the chief just staying for a while. And then ironically enough, we were talking before we started this. I do a podcast with a, a guy named Sebastian Maniscalco, very funny comic. Yes. And. We were starting to become really friendly in L.A., uh, and his girlfriend, wife Al, girlfriend, we all went out and had a great night, and were drinking late into the night. And then the next morning, um, uh, I get a, a text from Sebastian going, I feel like I'm so hungover, I feel like I'm pregnant, you know? <laughs> and my wife comes walking out of the bedroom, and I go, oh, I just got this funny text from Sebastian where he says he thinks he's pregnant, he feels so proud, hungover, pregnant, and she goes, well... One of us is. I'm like, what? Bam! And that's when she said it. And then I was like, all right, let's pack the bags, move back to New York. Oh, okay. Because, uh, yeah, I wouldn't raise a loaf of bread in L.A. Let alone a child.
1: Really? Wow. Well, you are no, New York. You're a New Yorker. So I guess there's a, there's some uh, some pride there. Because um, a lot of folks I know that move from Chicago to, or New York to L.A. They love it. Uh, and but other, I guess, there's the died in the wool guys like you. I guess that no, New York's the only place.
0: No, well, I mean, definitely L.A.'s got its, its definite good points. I mean, even the traffic, it's not that bad if you know when to stay on and off the roads and stuff. Yeah. And the beaches are great. It's got a lot. I get it. I really do. But for raising a kid, it's kind of like I just wanted the kid to grow up in New, New York, small town, and then she can go off and figure it out. I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's there's a lot to be said about that New York existence. It, it really appeals to my daughter, who likes the idea of just being able to go downstairs and go to the coffee shop or go shopping, you know, within a block and, you know, not have to get in a car or anything. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like in the Midwestern suburbs where we are. But um, so, uh, wow, so it's, it's, it's going well, I take it, then, to four months in.
0: Yeah, you know it's uh, it's funny because she's at that age now where she's starting to roll over, and a part of me is looking at her just total jealousy, man. Like, <laughs> God, that's the that's the heart of your day. How great is your day when all you got to do is try to roll over, man? So what? anyway, yeah, no, it's all good, bro. Everything's going good. Cool. I mean, yeah, I, it's funny when I moved from L.A. to uh, back home. Well, we moved from L.A. to a small town upstate New York called Fredonia, where my wife is from. I've heard of that. And, yeah. She's from Dunkirk, so we moved into a town next a nearby called Fredonia, which I really love. Is no there- sooner do we get there and out of the blue, uh I get a call from Ryan Seacrest Productions and they wanna come out and film a pilot about uh, my life living in a small town, you know, and they come out with a camera crew of 11 people, and it's like, you know, what is it, 19 years in New York City, uh, or 15 years in New York City, then a a year in L.A., nibbles, but nothing. Then I moved to a small town, and now you're coming? Now you're coming. Well, how'd that come
1: together? Did they just know about you and say, hey, this would be good, or is it something that you had pitched a while ago and came together? How did that?
0: No, it's like, it's a... it's ironically enough, it's, I made these kind of clips years ago, but I never really got anywhere with them. And then the show comes along, and when we start to film it, I say to the buddy of mine, who filmed the other thing with me, I go, this is exactly what we were trying to do on our own. So, But nevertheless, A&E specifically somehow wanted to make this kind of show, and I got on their radar. So A&E hooked up with Ryan Seacrest Productions. And, you know, through a whole chain of interviews and this and that, then they finally came out to film this. Um, And then what happened was all these people at A&E, because that network is doing so well, got promoted and moved on. And then a new regime came in and said, well, we don't really want to do a show about comedy. We're not going to delve into the stand-up comedy world as much as we like this thing. So we got this pilot thing, and then Seacrest Productions was like, "Well, if you don't mind, we went. We're gonna take it and shop it around because we think it's great." And they're like, "No, you should go ahead. It's just not right for our channel." So that's where we're at now. Now we're okay. bringing this puppy around.
1: Okay. Cool. Wow, it sounds awesome. Oh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we have a guy here. Of course, I'm sure you're familiar with Drew Hastings, who became the mayor of a small town. Uh, his small town, uh, just east of Cincinnati, here, and uh, seems to like the uh, the the uh, I guess the farm existence, the, uh you know, out-in-the-country existence. Is that a, a rough adjustment for you going from a big city down to a small town?
0: Well, no, it's it's like, it's been a real relief, you know, because 21, 22 years of living in New York City, just fighting the fight. I mean, come on, by the end, I was paying $375 a month just to park my Jeep in an outdoor lot, you know, four blocks from my house. That's like, I'm paying three seventy five dollars a month to park a quarter mile from my house, man, you know? So, after a while, that kind of stuff just wears you out. And more than that, I'm really outdoorsy, and so is my wife. Uh, And it it just gets so so annoying having to get in your car and drive an hour and a half outside the city to get anywhere green enough to hike. Uh, Um, Yeah, and I'm on the road so much, it, it really got to the point where it didn't matter where I was living, so... And it's just this town is such a small town, man. When I first got there, oh, my God. I'm with a buddy, and I got to go mail something in the post office, and I don't have change for the meter. And I go, ah, oh, man. I go, are they are they strict around here? And he goes, well, if they do come, it's going to be $7 out of your pocket. So it's, a, I go, <laughs> what? He goes, the ticket's $7. What, what am I, trapped in 1970? <laughs> Jesus.
1: That's so, hilarious.
0: Yeah. yeah, there's a great old opera house right down the block from me built in like 1890. And like my house was built in 1885. It's a, oh, wow. So I'm thinking, man, maybe I'll just stay in town and do a show at the opera house on New Year's Eve. I can walk right down the block. I'll do. It, I'll make it specific to the town. And the place holds 400 seats. I went inside. It's gorgeous, right? So yeah. So I go to speak to the manager and I go... So if I wanted to rent this for like New Year's Eve to do a show, how much would it cost? And he goes, well, to have someone work the ticket booth and the lighting and the sound guy and everything else, you're looking at $400. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I know man. Wow. I'm dude, I'm I'm almost 8 hours from New York City. I'm between Buffalo and Erie, Pennsylvania. That's right. So okay, yeah, yeah.
1: I know I know I've heard of it. I've been through there a lot. I still live in Cleveland and we'd go up to Canada, so I Fredonia sounds very familiar. I couldn't figure out why. Okay.
0: Yeah, small town USA, baby. Loving it.
1: The Great Lakes region really. Almost almost the Midwest.
0: Sometimes if you go even 20 minutes out of the city, I mean, outside of the town, you—it's uh, just amazing. You got to slow down and try and wait to pass the Amish in the horse and buggy. It's yeah, just yeah, we have I, that uh, I,
1: in Greater Cleveland. Um, you can do that too. Um, yeah,
0: isn't that just fascinating? It's just fascinating. I'm looking at that. Like you would think there'd be one Amish guy freezing his ass off, getting passed in a vehicle for the hundredth time, just <laughs> finally going, F- "This, this is <laughs> ridiculous. What are we, what are we doing here?" <laughs> I feel like even the Amish God, is when you get up to heaven, he, he's looking at you going, what are you guys doing with the wagons and no electricity? <laughs> what are we doing are keeping it real? You're embarrassing us, Jesus, and shave. <laughs> oh, God, who knows,
1: yeah. who knows. Well, so you're kind of uh, more or less in, in greater Buffalo. So is it rough being a Jets fan in Buffalo? Because as Jim Kelly once pointed out years and years ago, the Buffalo Bills are the only football team that plays in New York State.
0: Yes, I know. You <laughs> want to get all technical with it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. But, uh, yeah, no, it's 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 no big deal, really, because there are still a few Jet fans. It is totally Bills territory. Oh, yeah. Um, My loyalty it, it's. I, I tell you, if I wasn't much of a football fan and then I moved to Buffalo, I would become a Bills fan. And a part of me is like, wow, it would be fun to be a part of this because when they eventually do win, it's going to be It's like the city's just going to light up in flames. Oh, yeah. But so will my Jets. But nevertheless, um, it's just so – it's like Cleveland and stuff. These people pull out their flags on Sunday. It's like – I always say I want to write a movie about like a small town. Like you could do it even in like Green Bay where you write a movie where the, the Packers are playing in the finals, the NFC championship at home. And you go in and you rob the town during the Packers game, because <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. you know, nobody's home. They're all bars in the stadium yeah. watching, so I don't know. That's hilarious. Anyway, well,
1: yeah. Well, your Jets are doing, uh, are doing pretty well, as are my Browns, but uh, how long can it last?
0: I know. I know. I mean... We got a good defense, and I think it's going to get, with, same thing with you guys, I think this is confidence right here, man. The more we win, the more we yeah. believe we can win, so yes, that's what it's they're, good.
1: that's what they're saying in Cleveland.
0: Um, but you, but well, we know we got Geno Smith, you guys got, ah, uh, now Whedon comes back in know, and wins the uh, game, well, who, do, who, would he go, who do we go with here?
1: Yeah, well, Hoyer's injured, and Jason Campbell is not the starter, he is strictly a backup, so.
0: Right, but what if Whedon starts to win again? Now when the other guy gets better, what's Yeah, what's but he's out for
1: the year. Hoyer's out for the year. It's next year we have to figure that out.
0: Oh, and they were all looking, right, that's great. And they that were looking no to draft somebody
1: team. anyway. But I, I thought Hoyer was actually, uh, I mean, you can't tell anything in preseason, but the couple preseason games I saw, I'm like, you know, I think he actually gets the ball to the receivers a little better than Whedon can. So we'll see. Maybe Whedon finally got some fire under his butt and we will do something. But, um. I think I remember telling you last time we spoke that the Jets are actually the only New York team that I can even sort of root for. I mean, I don't dislike the other New York teams, uh, except for the Yankees, so I have to hate being an Indians fan. But um, I've always liked the Jets. I've always, I have always, guess kind of being the outsider team in that uh, football yeah. dynamic has always been kind of an, an attractive thing for people, I think. Um, so the, the pot, your podcast is Pete and Sebastian, correct? Is that what it's called? The right. Pete and
0: Sebastian Pete Show, Pete and Sebastian
1: Show. Yes. So how did that come together?
0: Uh, well, in a nutshell, I was out in LA and uh, I had done radio for like four years, co-hosting the show with Jim Brewer on Satellite. And Sebastian was looking to do a podcast, and he's like, "You know, look, we're becoming good friends. You're, you're funny, I'm funny, and uh, you know, you know how to do this as well. You want to do a podcast?" And uh, I said, "Let me let me think about it." And he goes what do you got to think about? You know, like what, like why wouldn't you do? And I go, because dude, I got to know if I'm going to do this, that, you know, you're going to commit because if you're not going to commit, then let's not start. Because the one thing I've learned from just watching some of these casts that last, it's the ones that keep doing it and and keep putting out the product pretty much the same day every week. Yeah. And, and you know, if you stop, it's like, if you stop for just a little bit, man, they forget, they forget about you. But, it's like the same thing with radio. What I loved about doing a radio show every day was you became like a family. Like the same people would call in, and you just become once you get in and become part of their daily routine. They love it, man. But the minute you stop, it's like they're not gonna. It's not like a goddamn Mad Men where uh, hey, you cannot film the TV show for a year and come back on and we'll find you. Oh yeah, hey, radio. If you stop for a second, they move on. Man. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Even so. Th- yeah,
1: I was gonna say even this show. Um, like in the summer when we go on family vacations, I'll do a show in advance and take the zip drive with me. And wherever I'm at, I'll plug it in and just drop it. You know, on Sunday, yeah, just just like I'm just like I'm at home. And uh, cause I'm scared to death that the the 2,000 people that are nice enough to download this every week are going to forget and go, oh yeah, well, I wonder if some other guy in his family room is doing a podcast that's better than this.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you, man. So then when we finally agreed to do it uh then another thing was he's like you want to get you want to have guests and i'm like yeah, guests would be great but i'll tell you right now i'm not getting them because that's yeah. just no way again we're gonna so and then so we started doing it just me and him and we have a sound guy who's really great dj lou and and that's it And we have a guy who calls in and leaves a message every week and it's this tight little great funny show and we do it twice a week and we we don't Ever really, maybe we had brewer as a guest, we had JJ J. Watt from the Houston Texans as a guest, we oh, had this cool. actor Mike Mike McGlone, and that that's about it, man. And uh, we just rip it every week and we keep it simple, and now we're both always on the road, so we do it from wherever we are on the road, and, and that's it. And you know, it's really getting it's getting some following now.
1: So, are you finding some of those kind of two ways these things tend to work for at least the comedians that are doing the podcast? Um, for like uh, for Greg like Barron, uh, He says that it's more like for people that can't see him often enough, uh, it's a way for them to listen to him. On the other side of the coin, you have people that like, they go and see you and like, oh, this guy's really funny. And then you find out you have a podcast and they come to it that way. Is it more your fans or are you gaining fans from it, I guess is the question.
0: Well, you're definitely gaining fans from it, especially because, you know, um, we both had separate groups of fans that like his fans are starting to find me and mine are finding him. There you go. So, you know, you got that going right there. Uh, but yeah, no. With the podcast, people tell other people, and then they tune in, and the next thing you know, yeah, they all coming out to the show. But what I like about it too is because, like I said, I got this small town where I like living now. So in the old days, in the old days, when I lived in Manhattan a few years ago, I'd come off the road and immediately I go and play at the comedy cellar for a couple nights um, or, or the comic strip, you know, just to be out there and work in that thing. Um, but it's after a while; it started to be like you know, I'm home for two days. My wife's like, hey, "You're going back down to the club? Come on! What are you? are home for two days." So now, when I'm home and I'm laying out a podcast and then I'm putting that out, it's just like, "Oh, this is great, man!" I'm like in my house on a Monday, but I'm still putting a product out there. I'm oh, still there you entertaining. Go. Yeah. So it feels good. But I just like doing it, man. It's like I, I come on, if I had it someday. Like we just got our first sponsor where we get actually get a check once a month from them. And like to just have that grow, and to someday be able to like you know freaking wake up, go in your little like I got a little studio, man. I light a candle, <laughs> I hook up with Sebastian, and just you know I'm making money in my house, baby. I'm fucking Stephen King.
1: Yeah, oh that's that's the dream, brother. I'm telling you.
0: I know, I know. We should I, the dream really like the best job in the world would to be just a novelist who's got that one character like. That everybody loves, and you can't wait for the next novel. Oh yeah, just turn out. Yeah, yeah. Just live out in the woods any way you want. Ah, nice.
1: So I guess with you're touring enough, you probably don't, you know, run up to Buffalo or down to Erie and you know, uh, jump on a you know a a show there every now and then.
0: I do. I do go up to Buffalo and I play. I headline the Helium there, and I also go up sometimes to do a spot. But uh, ironically, there's a lot of Polish clubs where I live in town, um, all these private Polish clubs. So when I was filming the pilot with Seacrest Productions, they were like, we want to make it look like you're looking for a place to work out in town. Let's have you do stand-up at one of these Polish clubs.
1: Ah. So,
0: yeah, so I go in and I did a little stand-up. They have a stage. You know, I have a stage because they have bands and stuff. It's a pretty decent setup. And I had a lot of fun with it, man. And I did a lot of jokes about the town. So then about a week ago, one of the guys calls me from the club and they're like, I'm looking at your schedule and I see you home one weekend the rest of the year, according to your schedule at least. If you don't have anything planned, want to come do a show here, we'll sell it out and blah. And I'm like, you know what, I'll do it. It'll be a totally local show all about all the local stuff and the billboards and the establishments. Yeah. And, and the thing's already sold out, man, so so that'll be fun. But that's a once-a-year thing I yeah. think I'm going to do, where it's like almost like state of the town. Awesome.
1: Um, any yeah. chance you'll be in Cincinnati uh, anytime soon?
0: Uh, I don't know. I was at the Funny Bone this year. I, I'm sure I'll be back next year, but it's not in the books yet. But, you know, you brought up Erie, P.F., uh, P. I got to tell you. There's a club there, Uncle Junior's. And, you know, it's like... It is what it is. I played it once cuz it's near where my in-laws live, so why not and stuff. Yeah. The lady, you're not allowed to swear. I mean, yes, even I've if heard you that. say shit, they'll send you home. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> but I th- thought, hey, you know what? Let me do this. It's near my in-laws, plus it'll be good to like not curse for a whole weekend, you know? <laughs> now, the guy going up before me was doing this whole musical montage at the end like where he'd go in from a Beach Boys tune to another like with a with a he had a cassette tape or something he brought and it was like this 10 minute hack beyond hack bit with music and all this and it was driving me nuts so much that the last night saturday night i was staying at my in-laws and i would drive every night so i leave about you know a half hour 40 minutes earlier than i had been leaving the other two nights And my wife goes, why why are you leaving so early? I go, I got to get in there before the feature act tonight (laughs) because he's got this box, this electronic (laughs) box that's right underneath the stage, right by the first row. And he presses like a pedal and then the song kicks in. (laughs) <laughs> so I told my wife, I'm like, I got to get there. I'm unplugging that f-ing box. So when he goes into that bid, it won't work. I want to see if this slug will actually stop the show, get on his hands and knees and fix that dumb box. Or will he or will he become a comedian and just do 10 minutes of jokes and get off? <laughs> so what happens he's stepping on the pedal nothing's coming out he's like oh what's wrong? i'm in the corner going i unplugged it. i unplugged it." <laughs> he gets the, he makes the front row move their table he gets <laughs> down and he fixes the box he doesn't even do jokes about the box not working oh he man he just stops oh and then he goes up turns on the pedal there so, you, you know, you cannot slow down a hack, baby.
1: Yeah, we, we know a guy that works there, uh, Tabari McCoy, he drives up from Cincinnati, and uh, he goes up there and and uh, does shows. A couple other guys from here uh, have gone up there, too, to work. So, yeah, I've, I've heard of that joint. Um,
0: if you ever hear of a comedian, when you finally hear, because it will happen someday, where a comedian is just so lonely and miserable on the road, he hangs himself somehow or kills himself. <laughs> yeah. It, w- it will be uh, in Erie, trust me. <laughs>
1: okay. All right, man. Well, uh, good luck getting the the pilot sold. We'll uh, have a link to your guys' podcast on our page uh, so people can find that as well. And it's in iTunes and all that stuff, right?
0: Yes, cool. absolutely. Oh, all right. Take right, so can search iTunes for that. Well, great, man. Uh, have fun you, up you in can, Minneapolis. You get it on my website, too, www.peecorreale.com. That's where you can get the podcast as well.
1: That's where I was listening yesterday, in fact, because it links to the SoundCloud uh, version of it as well. So,
0: Yeah. Awesome,
1: man. All right. Well, this will be in as always in city pages uh, the week you're up there, and uh, in print and online and all that. And the uh, podcast will uh, drop on Sunday. Beautiful week from Sunday. I'm sorry, but uh, yeah, I'll I'll send you a link when it runs. Okay. Thanks, man. Good luck. Good luck to your Jets, brother.
0: Yeah, J E T S. Jets, Jets, Jets. All right. Bye. Later.
1: Thanks again to Pete Correale for being on the show. You can catch Pete... Uh, Thursday, October 23rd through Sunday, October 27th in Minneapolis at Rick Bronson's House of Comedy there in the Mall of America. For uh, more Pete Coriale tour dates, go to petecoriale.com, and that's C-O-R-R-E-A-L-E You can also find his podcast there, The Pete and Sebastian Show. You can also find that on iTunes as well. We'll have the link on the Podbean page. Let me see what else have we got. Oh, do check out our friends over at Ross Rants, RossRance.com. Very funny stuff. PFTF Recorder logo designed by Dan Coble. Dan and Logan's podcast magic potion can be found in iTunes. Uh, original music for PF tape recorder was composed and performed by John Veropoulos and Doug O'Connor with a little help from me. Follow me on Twitter at PF66, like this podcast on Facebook. I believe that is all the business we have for this week, other than to say so long and thanks for listening.